Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, for inwardly they are ravening wolves. Lester Alfonso. You're listening to Soundproof on Trent Radio 92.7 FM CFFF in beautiful Peterborough, Ontario, Canada. Fiction for audio with field recordings, personal journals, musical investigations, and more. Today's episode, Night of the Hunter. Shamefully for a self-proclaimed cinephile, I hadn't heard of Night of the Hunter until I've had coffee with film director Peter Blow one day, and we got to talking about our favorite new distraction, which is the Criterion Channel. It's a new streaming subscription service that curates uh, films around the world that are regarded as exceptional works of cinematic art. And they produce and combine these films on the service with bonus features, and they're really big on restoring films, and it's just a film lover's delight. And when I asked him what I should watch on the Criterion channel, Peter said, well, of course, Night of the Hunter, and I, I hadn't heard of it, so I had to go home and watch it with my 16-year-old daughter, who loved it, by the way. And, uh, and, I, and then I just wanted to bring Peter into the studio and talk to him more about this film. My name is Peter Blow. Um, I'm from England, as you might have gathered by the accent, although I've lived in Canada since 1977. Um, I've been working in documentaries since about 1973. I've, um, I come from, if you want to get into the personal, personal, I come from a, a steel town. It was a factory town and three generations of my family worked in that steel thing and it was my father's dream to get out of it. And I can tell you when all the chimneys belch smoke and the power station it was a grey city and technical and super cinema scope was where you could fly Peter when did you when was the first time you saw Night of the Hunter well, that's a, a good question because um, I think I would be about eight years old. So, I, I mean, I'm 68. 
So I'm talking, I've lived with this film for 60 years. Were you scared? I was frightened out of my wits. I mean, it strikes me the film now, I saw it a second time last night. Um, it's sort of film noir without the detective. It is now classified as one of the great film noirs, but in my era and, and earlier, the film noirs expanded its territory. Um, uh, this was what we would have called American Gothic. Noir has spread. It's that ambience, that darkness. What you're really referring to is, is the um, um, the cinematography, the the black. I think this is the end of a classical era. This movie encapsulates actually silent cinema. It all of the expressionistic um, uh, cinematography of the silent era you can find in Night of the Hunter, and it's a, a revelation. Stanley Cortez did two more movies in the 60s with for Sammy Fuller. Shot Corridor and The Naked Kiss, both on Criterion and highly recommended. I love Sammy Fuller. I met him when I was 19. And um, uh, those are extra. They break the rules. We, and I, I'm, in, I'm in, why Criterion has become so wonderful for me is because I'm becoming, I'm pining. You know, if you're on a desert island, you'll pine for an ice cream cornet. Well, I, I pine for um, photography that is not uh, naturalistic and telling you that this act drama is real, but um, um, that is expressionistic and is telling you what is lurking under the surface. It's not telling you, the lighting isn't coming through a window, the lighting is coming from within. And the darkness that enshrouds the evil force of hatred, that, the, interestingly enough, a preacher, a serial killing preacher. Um, if you look at the lighting, it's to do with his, with his soul. And when did you see that on Netflix? I come not with peace, but with a sword. You, preacher? This sword has served me through many an evil time, Ben Harper. What religion you profess, preacher? The religion the Almighty and me worked out betwixt us. One of the most powerful things about it is that, like, for, for half of the film, the, there's two kids in peril that you're, you're so frightened for their safety. Um, it reminds me of the Brothers Grimm fairy tales. I'm so pleased you said that because um, now we're talking about who are the authors of this film. And uh, Charles Lawton, it's the only film he made. It's the only film he made. So as a consequence, all the theorists and intellectuals and the people who study film in an academic vein now try to give it to the author of the book and I've thought about this by coming to see, I've thought about this. And now you're talking about, for me, where Charles Lawton uh, comes from. Because Charles Lawton's a Yorkshireman. Uh, 
This comes from a seaside town called Scarborough, which was the Danish invasion centre for the... Um, it's basically Dane... The whole is Viking. The whole of that part of... Um, and the mythology and the trolls and the stories. Um, the people of northern Yorkshire were removed in the medieval era and industrial revolution times. They were removed for sheep. And they were forced into the satanic mills in Leeds, which means that it's very picturesque and rural around northern Yorkshire. And you find ruins wherever you go and fields that are stepped from the old Viking way on steep valleys. And it's a place where legend and folktale lives. This is a, it's a fabled area. But what's so extraordinary is that James Agee comes from the Appalachians in Tennessee. And um, Davis Grubb is from Virginia, which was a fantastic collection area for English, Irish, Scottish folk songs. The very songs that came with the migration of these people, their folk legends are connected through song. The children's songs go back way, way back. You know, like the children's skipping song, the most obvious one is, a tissue, a tissue, we all fall down. Well, that's a bubonic plague song because of sneezing. Is They thought that's, that's how you got it. There's a song, um, the, the Long Lankin. I'll give you, I, may I read it, just the lyric? And maybe you'll, if you would, you'll play the Wainwright. They're, they're Canadian and done a mark. The Wainwright sisters have done a wonderful version of this. Okay. You can find this song in the Appalachians. There's an early version called Joe Lampkin. But I know the Long Lampkin, which comes from, um, you know, that area of, that just north of Scarborough where, this, I mean, they're all born in 1900, 1899, you know. James Agee, Davis Grubb, Charles Lawson, they belong to the 19th century. They belong to an oral... They hear stories before there was cinema. The doors are all bolted, the doors were pinned, but at a small peep in the window, Long Lankin crept in. Where's the lord of this household, says Long Lankin. He's away up to London, says the false nurse to him. Where's the lady of the household, says Long Lankin. She's asleep in her changer, says the false nurse to him. Where's the heir of the household, the heir of the household, says Long Lankin. He's asleep in his cradle, says the false knight to him. We'll pinch him and we'll prick him all over with a pin and that'll make my lady come down to him. So they pinched him and they pricked him all over with a pin and the false nurse held the basin for the blood to drip in. This is, these are deep, dark, these are adult stories. Um, um... I can remember being in Scarborough. I'll tell you a little story, because we used to go there for the seaside. We used to go buckets and spades and all that. And I remember 
walking past the cemetery and it was dense, dense fog because it rolls in off the sea. It was dense fog um, and I could hear this child's skipping voice. They're skipping in the cemetery and she was singing, when Mary was a skeleton, was a skeleton, was a skeleton. When Mary was a skeleton, dead was she. She goes this way and that way, this way and that way, this way and that way, dead was she. My lady came down the stairs, a thinking no harm. Long Lankin stood ready to catch her in his arm. There's blood in the kitchen. There's blood in the hall. There's blood in the parlor where my lady did fall. A maiden looked out from the turret so high. And she saw her master from London riding by. Oh, master, oh, master, don't lay the blame on me. T'was the false nurse and Lankin that killed your fair lady. Long Lankin was hanged on a gibbet so high. And the false nurse was burned in a fire close by. Charles Lawton called Bright of the Hunter a nightmarish mother goose tale. King hang hung, see what the hangman done. Uh, the guy who introduces the film um, on Criterion is Guillermo del Toro, and who better? And who, who around today, actually looks in those mythic? Um, uh, uh, Carl Jung, you know that psychiatrist, first psychologist chap. I love that thing he used to say. He used to say the collective unconscious. And I always feel this movie is like right in the, the how, why didn't it make money? Why did it die? Why did everyone, I mean, they didn't just not go. I mean, it was pilloried, you know. Did it make Robert Mitchum a star? I mean, I, I, I mean, his performance in creating that particular character, I think is just sublime. I and mean, the way he laughs and the way he cries in the movie is so unnatural, almost animal, clown-like, a cross between a clown and an animal. And that's just so original. What do you want? I want them kids. What do you want them for? That's none of your business, madam. I'm giving you to the count of three to get out of here, then I'm coming across the kitchen shooting you. 
Rachel Cooper, get your state troopers out to my place. I got something trapped in my barn. Well, you've, I think you have put your finger on one of the principal reasons the film died in the box office. Because I agree with you, Robert Mitchum's terrific in it. But, but Robert Mitchum was a Bobby Sox's pinup. So he'd never been a villain. Everybody went there to go, ooh, all the ladies love Robert Mitchum. God. And he comes out with love, hate, and his switchblade comes out of his trouser pants in a very erect way when he looks at strip teeth. I mean, this is bloody... I don't think they liked... They couldn't adjust to Robert Mitchum. I don't know if there's... I mean, now we have actors... Like Christian Bale could play an evil guy because he's an actor, you know. But in those days, Robert Mitchum was a movie star. He was an idol. He was not a... Maybe the contemporary example would be... Um, what's his name? Zach uh, from High School Musical. No, Zach Efron. Zach Efron playing Ted Bundy in the new Netflix show. So how can you see Zach Efron be a serial killer in a movie? That's sort of what turned me off and not want to even look at the movie. And maybe that was a similar thing with Robert Mitchum at the time. It's interesting that Charles Lawton was married to... I think it was a... Uh, I won't call it a marriage of convenience. That's unkind. I think you can be gay and you can be married too. Uh, his wife was a famous lesbian and she played Bride of Frankenstein. What in the 1930s are, are, are hardcore lesbians supposed to play as? You know, I mean, this was... Uh, this, But there's always subtext, glorious subtext in these. I mean, um, he felt ugly. He felt... Evil. Charles Lawton, his greatest roles was Captain Bly in Mutiny on the Bounty. And um, the what's the Hunchback of Notre Dame? He loved being a hateful, slimy character. There's another Criterion film he's in called Island of Lost Souls. And that's terrific. Um, he, he, he he plays these these characters. Yes, there's a lot of self-loathing. Um, in Charles Lawton, which is so, which allows him, but the, it, the, they're curious, the women in this film, and, and um, um, I don't know how much that reflects his his um, um, uh, compass towards male attraction. That the, the women are ugly, or are stupid. There's, there's, I'm not. I don't think this would put women off seeing it. I'm not suggesting that the film would be offensive to him. I don't think so. But I think there's, there is um, um, a character, you know, female characters in this film, particularly, the, as you say, the Our Scream Woman, who actually talks about sex, doesn't she? And she said, that's for men. When I lay there stiff as a board, I think of McCanning. You know, I mean, you can't not like it. I don't think it puts women off. I've not heard of a woman who's put off by this film. My friend Noddy got his, his scooter out. And we ran the Film Society 
and we would take movies. I'd get collect them at the air, uh, the train station, and we would take them out to these farm areas that couldn't even get television, and it was an event. And Easter, I'll never forget Easter was a big deal. So we had to do something religious. So we had this silent Cecil B. DeMille um, story of Jesus thing. I forget which one it was because it had a nativity in it. Sign of the cross, I forget what it was. Anyway, it was religious and there was a nativity. And we, felt, we did it in a barn, this really old barn, and it was an old barn. There was waddle and daub walls, and that means it was 14th century or something. It was ancient, there was all these animals and rats and God knows what. But I remember this donkey coming in front of the project. We couldn't, it wouldn't move him. He was blocking the thing and they're all, yeah, out of it, you know, and they're all kicking this damn donkey. I'm from the really rural outback, and when people still sang, my grandmother sang song uh, once on that I've tracked down is 1100 years old. I mean, they, they carried these traditions with them. It's just remarkable. I never knew I was going to be a filmmaker. I went to film school and I didn't believe for one minute I'd be a filmmaker. But uh, because I'm from a different class and in England, uh, you've got to come from Cambridge University to be a film director. And that's a fact. Once upon a time, there was a pretty fly. He had a pretty wife. This pretty fly, but one day she flew away, flew away. She had two pretty children, but one night these two pretty children flew away. You know, you eat, you breathe, you have to breathe. And I have to create, it's like breathing. If I had the money, I'd make it myself. If I could see a way to, I've just had my heart broken a little bit on the, they, it's almost, you know, like they, they, they use sledgehammers and pound you on a rock. Well, the rock is funding and, um, um, and I've, uh, my spirit's leached by that, have I got endless stories? You bet, and I, I've got all these things I'm dying to do. But um, nothing in the imminent future, although I do fancy doing a surrealist um, comedy shorts thing called The Merry Tunes of the Dead is what I call it. And I would be able to do little vignettes and accumulate them to make a, a, a short film.
Soundproof is produced and edited by Lester Alfonso with help from co-producer Carly Von Spronson. Special thanks to audio engineer Michael Phillips for mastering this episode. He offers major label quality music production, mixing, recording, audio editing, and just about anything you can think of in the world of audio engineering. Just go to www.soundsgoodmikey.com for more details. Extra special thanks goes to Peter Blow for appearing in Night of the Hunter and sharing his top picks for the Criterion channel. Thanks to Alex and all the staff and volunteers at Trent Radio 92.7 CFFF FM in beautiful Peterborough, Ontario, Canada. Follow the podcast on iTunes and for more information, just go to lesteralfonso.com slash soundproof. Thanks for listening. Said my lord to my lady as he mounted his horse, beware of long Lincoln that lives in the moss. Said my lord to my lady as he rode away, beware of long Lincoln that lives in the hay. Let the doors be all bolted and the windows open and leave not a hole for a mouse to creep in. So he kissed his fair lady and he rode away and he was in fair London before the break of day. The doors were all bolted and the windows open except one little window where Lankin crept in. Where is the lord of this house, said Lankin? He's away in fair London, said the false nurse to him. Where's the little heir of this house, said Lankin? He's asleep in his cradle, said the false nurse to him. We'll prick him, we'll prick him all over with a pin, and that'll make my lady come downstairs to him. So they pricked him, they pricked him all over with a pin And the false nurse held the basin for the blood to flow in Oh nurse, how you slumber, oh nurse, how you sleep You leave my little Johnson to cry and to weep I tried him with an apple, I tried him with a pear Come down, my fair lady, and rock him in your chair. The lady went down, she was thinking no harm. Long Lankin stood ready to catch her in his arms. There's blood in the kitchen, there's blood in the hall, there's blood in the parlor. False nurse and Lankin that killed your lady. Long Lankin was hanged on a gibbet so high, and the false nurse was burned on a fire.